The Critically Human channel explores the human experience around the world and throughout time, with topics that range from the search for beauty to the quest for power, featuring concerts, interviews, lectures, and cutting-edge research projects. Visit uctv.tv slash criticallyhuman. Nhoi Jean, rất là, I'm so happy. Jean Charmito con Pemonotsu, you see Marcet's Upstart Concert Series featuring a sudden rush. And Nhoi Jean's sudden rush. Welcome virtually to UC Marcet. I wish you could all be here in person. The weather here is really nice. So I hope we'll get to do that soon. Um, welcome everyone who's joining in on the webinar. This is a historic moment for UC Marcet. Um, to sponsor the performance of one of the coolest Hmong bands ever. Uh, we are excited to bring diverse arts programming to our campus and the Merced community that reflects the histories and experiences of the people who live here in Merced. Um, I know some of you are tuning in from Merced, the Central Valley, um, and then across California, but some of you are also tuning in from outside California. So welcome and thank you for spending your time with us this evening. Um, and I guess one of the silver linings of the coronavirus pandemic is that we can gather virtually to be in community, even if we don't all live in the same place. And this speaks to the importance of this concert series to, to build and maintain connection through art and music. Um, for the Hmong communities in the US, uh, we didn't get to celebrate our Hmong New Year's this past fall, um, where we could get to attend concerts, participate in art and cultural activities and gather with friends and family. So Sudden Rush's performance for us this evening will give us front row seats to really enjoy and beauty of music and community gatherings. So Sudden Rush is an international Hmong rock band based out of Vancouver, BC, Canada. Uh, the band is composed of five siblings who played in various other bands in the Vancouver music scene before forming Sun and Rush. Their sound is unique. It blends Hmong song, uh, Hmong song style with rock. Their lyrics capture, a, uh, in, in my opinion, a Hmong song poetry aesthetic that invokes the sentiments of love, longing, loss, loyalty, and Hmong subjectivity. And this aesthetic is evident in, you know, many of their song titles, but, you know, in particular, Min Nong, which is Sudden Rush's breakthrough hit in 2007, and then Min Dong Mong, right? Sudden Rush has released three albums. Their debut album was released in uh, 2007, the second one in 2016, and their third album was released in 2019. You can find their music on Amazon, Spotify, Apple Music, um, I know because I listen to an Apple Music, or check them out on uh, YouTube and Facebook. So I first encountered Sudden Rush's music through my brothers, nieces, and nephews. They were also in a family band, and they did a cover of um, the song Mino. So it is with great pleasure that I get to introduce them tonight and moderate the Q&A after the show. So so without further ado, I present you Sudden Rush. Yay. 
Hey everyone, uh, thanks for uh, tuning in and joining us. Uh, we're so excited to be here and uh, we just wanted to thank uh, UC Merced and Upstart for um, bringing us on board and you know having us a part of this amazing event. Um, this team has definitely worked their butts off uh, to put these uh, series together for you and we appreciate everything they're doing and everything they're doing to bring a diverse you know form of of entertainment to uh, UC Merced and all of you know the United States and Canada uh, and all over the world for from wherever you guys are tuning in and we hope you enjoy everything and we hope that uh, that you really uh, you know give these guys a shout out to let them know that they're doing an amazing job. So, you know, I'm sure there have been many, many wonderful questions that have been uh, asked on the Q&A. And I have some questions, but I, I will ask just a couple of those. And then uh, I think we'll go to the questions that people have been asking, because those are also really good questions. Um, okay, so uh, the question that I think that a lot of people want to know is uh, the history of the band, how you got started, the significance behind your name, Sudden Rush, and what inspired you to start performing together? So do you guys want to answer this one? <laughs> yeah, you can answer it. Okay. So, um, you know, we didn't really set out to be a band or anything. Um, we, when we first started, I mean, there was, you know, our moan community is actually really small up here in uh, Vancouver. Vancouver. So um, I had an idea for a song and I didn't have anyone else to go to. So of course I went to my brother's and uh, so I picked up Janu and packed up my guitar and we went to Joe's place and um, Joe had just moved out on his own. And so we were able to kind of jam in his basement. And um, yeah, we um, we recorded a song. We didn't even know how to record back then. We just kind of plugged everything in and uh, we're like, hey, we sound okay, right? So then we wrote another song and um, that second song was, you know, so um, we just uh, sampled a bit of it on MySpace. No clue how anything worked out there. And uh, all of a sudden it just went viral. <laughs> and so we're like, okay, we can't stop here. We'll just keep making more and see what happens. And uh, then we're like, we have to record an album and now we need a band name. So, you know, what are we gonna call ourselves, right? <laughs> so it was nothing really planned. It wasn't like we had these, you know, huge visions of like being a... <laughs> you know, being a big time rock band or anything. It was just uh, some family fun. And um, it, yeah, so, you know, in the beginning, we were just kind of like, okay, well, you know, let's just kind of do this and see what happens. And uh, I remember Joe and I were like, okay, we need a band name and we couldn't decide. So we were like, okay, well, why don't, you know, you go home and you come up with some ideas and I'll come up with some ideas. And so I was sketching and I came up with the, um, the SR logo. And so <laughs> Joe and I met up again and, um, it was so funny because we were like, yeah, you go first. No, you go first, right? <laughs> so, okay, fine. So I went first and I showed him my logo and I was like, well, what about Sudden Rush? Because that's how live music makes me feel. And I always wanted us to, you know, if I was ever in a band, wanted to play live music, right? It's just if you've ever been to a concert, like it's not just listening to the music, but you're, you're feeling it. You're living the moment, right? So, and then Joe was like, never mind. I'm not going to show you mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> That was all she wrote. And that was it. <laughs> well, it's a wonderful name and it's a catchy name. And I know, you know, I uh, I know the feeling you're talking about. I know that, you know, our viewers also know that feeling from listening to your music. You know, one of the viewers chat posted a chat saying that when they heard the song, I think um Dive Long, like the the intro to that song, the guitar intro 
um, you know, there's just something, right, that, that a feeling that is invoked um, and, and when they hear that song. So, so that feeling is definitely um, attached to your music for sure. Um, uh, so can you talk a little bit more about who your inspirations are, uh, specifically um, what traditions uh, inspire your music, both, you know, American bands or Hmong bands, um, or, you know, even the lyrics that you write for your music, both, you know, the, the sound, but also, also the lyrics. Anybody want to take this one? <laughs> I can copy the lyrics, but. No, yeah, I think, I, I mean, the inspiration, we all listen to very similar music. Um, it, it dates back to, you know, bands like uh, Def Leppard, um, Journey, uh, ACDC, um, some home bands too, like, uh, um, I, I know a show Hmong kind of that, but what was that, uh, Uncle Bruce band? Um, it was our, our, an older Canadian Hmong band from uh, Ontario, where we originally came from, and uh, bands like Mahlu, um, you know, Reflections, uh, those were bands that we were listening to that, you know, again, like the story of Pat starting Sudden Rush was uh, going to a Fresno New Year, hearing all the music and going, hey, you know, we can have some fun and make some music as well. So 80s, 90s rock, you know, I mean, we all grew up listening to it. Um, heart, rock set, you name it, you know, all the, all those big, you know, stadium bands that uh, played back in the day. That's kind of our inspiration, at least from my point of view. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I might have been to, you know, um, one too many Def Leppard and Bon Jovi concerts. <laughs> but uh, I think also because, like, um, we're all siblings and so our ages span so many years. And so the different influences that we that everybody kind of contributes, there's a lot of variety. And um, it would be really hard, I think, for us to really, like, say we're a rock band or we're a country band or we're alternative because we just like a little bit of everything. Um, but, of course, I mean, you know, we can't be just one genre. Um, I guess we're mostly rock. <laughs> I'd say we're, we're primarily like like rock, <laughs> rock country, as you would even say. I mean, you know, like the the, the older ones in this group, um, they kind of pull from from an earlier age of music, uh, 80s, early 90s. And then um, Jinu, he's the youngest, so he's more of a modern uh, type feel. And then I'm kind of like, in the middle so i come from like a 2000s kind of era um so uh i, I mean I, I love country i love rock country so a lot of my influence comes from that kind of era yeah, i think Jeanette's more like the old guy uh, <laughs> joe's more like the modern alternative <laughs> country so we're kind of all over the place um like pat said we're we have such a broad age range that uh that kind of benefits us because it draws in so much influence and we kind of create like a new subgenre of all the genres that are out there so i'd say we're like an everything band and then sure. sometimes i think we want to add like like Mindo Mong, like when we wrote that song um we wanted like to do like a new twist on an old sounding song we wanted to sound like traditional Hmong and it was kind of hard for me to explain it to joe when i went to him because it was one of the first songs that, that we wrote and i remember um I was playing like my like hundred dollar guitar, my first guitar ever, and we didn't even have all the plugins to record. And so Joe just puts a mic to my guitar and I'm like, okay, here's my idea, right? Like I'm clumsy, but you know, take my idea and expand on it. And uh, he created, um, you know, the instrumental for it. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want, right? <laughs> like just you know, old meets new kind of thing. And, and although our music is relatable in terms of you know modern rock, like a, we, I think we we wanted to have like this 
Hmong element to it, you know, where like even not just the lyrics, but the music has, a, you know, this Hmong element to it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, that's, I think that's what I love about your music is that it does, um, you know, the sound of it, right, in terms of the, the different types of music that you bring in, but also the way that you bring in the old, especially the Hmong old, right, into it, which I think is also a, a uh, adds a layer, another layer to that sudden rush, right? In terms of, you know, it's like the, the rock sudden rush, but it's also the old feeling of this, that rush, um, which, you know, I'm not that old, but it, it speaks to me too. <laughs> um, dance song once, you know, and <laughs> right, right. I mean, I remember going to all the Hmong um, parties and the 90s right and the early 2000s and all of those songs that get played right by the Hmong band so it also brings in that that vibe right um so that's that's amazing um before I go into the uh questions from um the viewers can you talk briefly about how you decided to curate this concert for us uh, in terms of you know the type of songs that you chose and then the ordering of the songs and what kind of feeling you want to us to take away from you know being a part of your show tonight um i think yeah it, it kind of goes back to we wanted to incorporate a little bit from every album and i think we did do that we uh have some some of the old like we were talking about some of the uh in between and some of the new um uh, we've been playing numerous concerts over the last, I think, four or five years. And uh, <clears throat> I think the way you put the set list together is, you know, there were some songs we haven't played in a while. Some songs, you know, you, you go to a concert and you go see your favorite artist for some reason that night that did not play your favorite song. And you, you, you know, you don't feel ripped off, but you go, oh, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know, there's so many good, yeah, you're a little bit disappointed, but there's so many good songs to choose from. I think this one just came from, you know, um, Let's let's pick some songs from the beginning, right in the middle, and, and give them some of the new, fresh stuff, and and hopefully that brings us into you know um, something new, uh, possibly a fourth album, and see where it goes. So, um, yeah, that, yeah, that's kind of what the set list got put together for this concert. Yeah, I think a, a a theme for if I was to put a theme to it, I'd say a theme would be would be diversity. You know, like we wanted to pull from every album. Um, mm -hmm. And we wanted to pull, you know, slow songs, faster songs, uh, more acoustic sounding songs. We wanted to kind of mix every element in there so that we can kind of, you know, please everyone because everyone has their own different tastes. And we wanted to kind of give as much as we can to to every different taste, I guess you can say. Um, right. and, uh, because it wasn't live, um, we were able to have a little bit more uh, space to like a little bit more wiggle room. So we could do more slower songs and um, it'd be okay, so. Absolutely, thank you. Um, I think one of the questions that folks are, are wanting to know is, are you currently working on any new projects um, that bands can expect to see in the near future? Well, we've just moved into our new studio where we've been filming the, um, the concerts. And so um, there is new stuff in the works. Uh, you know, we're um, chipping away at it and we're really hoping to be able to put out some new stuff this year. So uh, hang in there. Yeah, we, have a new, we have a new live room too. So hopefully we can do some more, you know, short videos of live, you know, you know single songs 
you know, or a few songs together, things like that. It is our um, our vision, but uh, you know how things go. We get busy and we get busy on projects. So uh, stay tuned. I mean, I uh, got to keep the fans wanting more. So we'll see where that goes. Right. Well, and I think the music videos that you put out will satiate fans in the meantime. For sure. <laughs> um, uh, what does it mean for a Hmong music artist to have credibility? That's one of the questions. Well, if, I guess if I understand that question correctly, I mean, I think that, um, I don't know, I think it, it definitely means a lot. Um, and it depends on, I mean, the, the question's a pretty loaded question too, I think. But if I was to, I don't know, I guess the right way to answer it is, is think, like, uh, like credibility from outside the Hmong music. Or let's put it this way, or, I think for us to feel like we're credible or maybe uh, relevant to the music industry or whatever music industry is the reaction from our fans, you know, um, in our industry, you know, the best thing is playing a song and hearing the uh, crowd sing it back to you. Um, that feels like, you know, I guess a definition of credibility or uh, relevance to uh, continuing this journey, you know, without that, I mean, um, that's really the answer of, you know, am I, are we doing this right or wrong? I mean, maybe there's fans no right or wrong. <laughs> yeah, but the fans really answer that question for us. You know, without the fans, we wouldn't have any credibility or uh, any relevance to continue doing this. So I think that's that's really, um, our, if our fans continue to be there for us and we continue to be a part of uh, special events like this and you know influence the future, then I think that's where the credibility lies. Thank you. Um, and I think, uh, you know, connected to that in terms of your process of making music, um, you know, who is the most involved in the songwriting process? How do you put it all together? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. Did you? Jenny, you want to We pull it from everywhere, really. It's not really one specific formula that we use. Um, some could be from Pat or Joe, or, or if any of the other guys have ideas, then we'll pass it around and kind of see where it goes. Some stuff will sit forever for many years, um, and some stuff just takes off right away. So uh, there's not one specific way that, that we write. And I think that keeps everything fresh as well for us. So uh, keeps it keeps the stuff new, yeah. Um, yeah, when it comes down to write, I think uh, uh, there's not one specific person who really starts it first. Or anything. Usually Pat will handle the lyrics, but um, we'll also pass the lyrics around musically as well too, because we got to write music to our abilities and not beyond that either. So mm -hmm. It's kind of the equal democracy thing. I feel like it just, like whoever has an idea, it just usually starts with, "Hey guys, I have an idea," <laughs> and we just listen to it, play it, whatever, right? And uh, most of the songs that we actually recorded, like they just took off almost right away. Like, and, and it seems like the ones that we kind of, you know, put away for a rainy day just kind of stay there. Um, right. Yeah. So sometimes it starts, it starts with like a riff or something, and you know, just a, some little melodies, um, and then it grows to something else, or you know, it might be me. But, you know, some clumsy guitar chords and I'm like, hey, Joe, what you knew? Here's my idea, right? And then they take that bone and they put some meat on it, right? So um, it, it really varies. And uh, it, I'm glad that we don't have just this straight process that we have to use all the time because we'd probably get pretty bored of that. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. a continuous learning process. I mean, I'm still learning. We're all still learning. We're all still 
um, hoping to get better all the time. And, uh, you know, we hit barriers, we hit walls and constraints all the time. But uh, it's it's still learning curve. You know, there's there's no age to music. There's no age to diversity and culture. So um, it's a continuing thing. Yeah, continuous improvement. I also got to give credit where credit is due. And I got to say, um, we've been asked this question many, many times. And the heart and backbone of the music and lyrics is got to be Joe, Chinu, and Pat. Um, they they do a lot of it. And, uh, again, credit goes to them. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a group effort. But uh, they do. They take the major, uh, I'd say, portion of that. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, and connected to that, someone wanted to know, you know, if each of you, but maybe if not everyone, a couple of you can name your favorite Sudden Rush song. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite song um, is off of our newest album. Uh, uh, it's called Katu. That, that's probably got to be my my favorite song so far. Okay. Um, mine's like everybody else, that one though. <laughs> no, that one. I think, like you, I, I think you mentioned earlier, Ma. That one, you know, it speaks to me just like it speaks to the fans, and I really enjoy playing that one live. Mhm, mhm, yeah. Anyone else want to share their favorite Sudden Rush song? I'll be the same. I don't know. Uh, I think I spent probably oh, the, the most blood, sweat, and tears putting that song together. And when it comes to writing all parts and stuff like that, I uh, for the listeners. Hopefully you can feel all, all the frustration and stuff in the playing, uh, all the guitar <laughs> the solos and stuff. Uh, it was many, many hours, you know, and many, many takes of just trying to get the right feel for the listeners and, and myself. So uh, that one, probably uh, I got the most pride with that one when it comes to, to as far as my input on the songs. I love all the other songs, but that one in particular, just just every time I think I listen to those solos, it just brings me back to those times where I spent countless nights <laughs> sleeping over at the studio and then just waking up the next day and trying to do the solo all over again. So um, yeah, that moment was probably the one for me. Yeah. yeah, that wild dream when I heard the scratch tracks too. It makes, me ang- <laughs> it makes me angry when I listen to it because it was really frustrating. <laughs> um, but you know, you can hopefully the listeners can feel it in the music, the way the way I play the notes and the way I attack attack the notes with the guitar, if, if they know what I mean. I mean, definitely. I mean, I feel it. A, a viewer said in the chat that, and I'm <laughs> hoping, I feel every note in Dime Blown Down deep into my bones. That is also my favorite song. So I think that, that all of the blood, sweat, and tears that you put into that song, definitely everyone feels it, for sure. <laughs> So Jinu, uh, the question for you about you are the most talented electric guitarist in the Hmong entertainment industry. How much do you attribute to natural talent and how much do you attribute to time you spent practicing? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you to whoever said that. Um, I'm, but I'm definitely not not the best Hmong guitar player. There, there's a lot of Hmong guitar players that I could name that I even draw influence from myself, uh, young, younger or older. But really what it comes down to, to to be better is, or where, where I draw time to, is just really wanting to do it. You know, at a young age, I knew that guitar playing is what I wanted to do, especially lead guitar playing. And I just put put all the hours into it. That's really what it comes down to. Anyone can do the same, but you just got to really put the time into it. And you really got to feel it out and then be honest with it, right? Play what you feel and, 
and because that's your voice at the end of the day is 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 your voice the notes that you put out is is that's you talking through the guitar so um draw from that and that that's really what i've been doing in it. and finding the time um it's not hard to find the time to do it you just gotta really want it how bad do you want it if you want it that bad you can do it. it's just like doing any other hobby or any other thing that you like doing you just put time into it and the results are there Thank you. Um, and I, I guess I, I am kind of obsessed with Daimondong too. So there's a question at the end that just came up about where did you draw inspiration for writing that song? <laughs> for That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, my my, my brother-in-law, um, his name's Rock. Rock, uh -huh. if you're watching, uh, this is for you, bro. Uh, he, actually, uh, he actually sent me this little uh, sample and it was actually, what turned out to be like the backbone of Dunblondong. And the sample was actually um, one of the guitar melodies that you hear on the track now. And um, he was just kind of like, hey, check this out and um, see what you think. And and um, I took it and I kind of morphed it a little bit and added, you know, that sudden rush feel to it. Um, and then I gave it to Janu and, and Janu kind of like, you know, spent many sleepless nights on there. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel where Genu is coming from too. Genu uh, spent a lot of time, you know, just, I swear he must've played that solo over like a million times. I think I went through like three or four packs of strings, guitar strings, just yeah. trying to get the solo right. Like, it was pretty crazy. I was really frustrated. And the reason why I know this, the reason why I can I can attest to this is because when he says he spent sleepless nights at the studio, the studio was my house. So <laughs> many nights on my couch in the studio um, uh, doing that. So yeah, so the song started, the idea started uh, with my brother-in-law and myself, and then uh, it moved over to Chinu. And then we we threw, I think we, we, we gave you the demo, right, Pat? We kind of just said the demo like- and actually I listened to it a lot when I was traveling. I, I remember writing lyrics for it while I was on, on the island. Actually, I was on, I was on my own. I was taking these two-hour ferry rides, and um, I can't remember if it was the original demo or Genu's version of the demo. But yeah, that song hung around for a long time. <laughs> like even the story behind the lyrics is even kind of funny. <laughs> it was pretty. It was pre the demo was pretty close sounding to what 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 you hear now. Uh, there's a couple parts that we added. Uh, most of the actual guitar parts was not added until towards the end of that. Mm -hmm. um, I think we started recording lyrics. After we did lyrics, because we revised the lyrics quite a few times too. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> I think as far as melody goes, uh, it was me and Pat. We were at my place. Countless and nights. <laughs> we couldn't figure out, like we couldn't figure out a melody for the vocals. So I had a melody in my head as far as, but I could only play it on the guitar. So I, so I recorded this little guitar piece for her as a vocal melody and she went home and then came back with that. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what the melody of the vocals were. Um, and we hashed it out. We hashed it out quite a bit. We chopped it up, <laughs> put it back. Um, Probably got into a few, uh, a, a few really arguments where we're like, Mike, quit. Yeah, yeah. yeah a few <laughs> fights in there to make sure that uh, to, to get the vocals and the music to where it is. Mainly the vocals. Yeah. We, we hashed it out a lot about the vocals because we wanted them to be like perfect. I mean, Mind you, we didn't write this song with the intent that it was going to become a hit or anything. We just kind of said, you know, we want to write a really meaningful um, single uh, to kick off the new album. 
and we wanted it to be something a little bit newer and something that had like a new flavor, right? That introduced a new flavor to 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 the band's sound, and um, we just wanted it to be perfect. And yeah, we we hashed it out a little bit, and and the end result was 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 amazing, uh, as you can see. But um, that song took a journey. I mean, <laughs> I don't. Think one of our songs took a journey like that blow them. That song that was, was like went around the world for us. That was <laughs> one of the hardest songs. Yeah. Even though it's it sounds as simple as it does. Yeah. Now um, we tried everything. We went for a lot of a lot of lyrics and a lot of words and, and lines. Too. It actually like, you know, with, with the lyrics, like it's kind of a funny story too, because it actually wasn't like, you know, Dan Dome translated as like a leaf, right? Um <laughs> I was I was traveling a lot at the time and um I guess there's this guy that was trying to get to know me and I was like, look, like, you know, like I basically live on the road. Right. And I used to always just kind of say, you know, I'm just like a feather in the wind. I don't know where life is going for me. I'm just floating along. Right. <laughs> and uh, I would always say that. And uh, so this one, he's like, you know, I really hate it when you say that. Right. And uh, so um, anyways, yeah. So this guy was totally into art and stuff. So he gave me this little canvas and there was like a little picture of a feather in the wind. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like okay right whatever so I just kind of put it aside and uh, um, then I was like you know in Hmong how do you translate that and make it sound elegant right and so I was like that's not gonna work right because I'm like what like how do you even say feather I <laughs> just that's all I can come up with right <laughs> like, pigeon feathers you know I'm going for walks and I'm like no this is not gonna do right and so um, yeah it just kind of morphed into um and uh, so of course sometimes people don't really understand just like well you know leaves just fly away and i'm like mm -hmm. sorry <laughs> right well i mean thanks for sticking to that song because it definitely worked <laughs> for sure right and it's a beautiful song um and, and there's a question here about the i think the theme of the song right um uh uh that says, can you say something about the number of songs that speak to lovers being separated, apparently not by their own choice, if, if there's such a theme in, in your songs? Their songs? Um, yeah, so I do realize it seems like, you know, like a, a good handful of our songs have to do with some sort of separation. And um, I think for people who are familiar with, um, you know, Hmong people, where we came from and what we've gone through, or at least our parents have. Um, as a like as a lyricist, I guess like a, a lot of the songs that I've written um, are based on things that I've seen as a kid and growing up, right? Because we didn't grow up like a, around a home community that was really big or anything, or even Spanish. Um, so we didn't have a lot of influences, but you know, I was very observant, you know, as a kid, and um, it just seemed like home people always wanted to be together but they were always separated right and so i thought like whether it be like from different countries or different states or like whether it be you know family like brothers and sisters or lovers it always seemed like it was such a you had to work so hard right like if you wanted a Hmong wife or husband like it always seemed like the Hmong Canadian boys had to go all the way down to the states to go to Hmong New Year to find a wife and stuff right <laughs> so, guilty so that's all I it's like it, you know, like growing up, right? And like, and listening to our parents talk about like how the uncles and this uncle and that auntie are still over there and over here, and right. And so it seemed like we were always separated from people that we're related to. And if we wanted to be around home people, we had to go find them, right? And so we just got really lucky that our music brought us to to mm -hmm. the moment. Um, but 
that's what I've seen growing up. And so that's, I guess, what I kind of gravitated towards writing about. Um, and it just so happened that I guess the theme a lot is, is separation, right? Whether it be like long traditions with parents and I, I don't even know really the home traditions, but I know the way they are, mm -hmm. right? Plans and stuff like that, right? And um, so whether, yeah, so that's kind of where I guess that separation theme kind of maybe comes from. Right, right. And I mean, I kind of also see it and the, the separation specifically in terms of like flight, you know, so, you know, in Daimundong and then in Yeong and in Minno, it's, it's called, it, the separation is in the form of flight almost, right? Um, uh, the way that, that I, I listen to the, those songs too. So I think that that's, uh, that's an important and interesting um, uh, theme. In, in those songs as well. Uh, so I think that we are at our time. There are a few questions remaining and I'm sorry that we're not gonna get to answer all of them. I think, you know, the fact that, that folks have so many questions because people just wanna know more about your group and, and how you, your process for creating such um, meaningful and beautiful music that speaks to, to everyone, right? Um, the young, the old. And so um, I just wanna thank you all so much for sharing your music with us, um, with UC Merced, with our audience, um, and for being so gracious and generous with your time and answering questions. Is there anything you wanna say before we end? Um, to those fans, if you guys want to leave your questions on our Facebook page, we would love to, or, or our Instagram, um, we would love to uh, respond to you guys, and uh, maybe we'll even, uh, we'll, we'll we do like a, a live q &A. Yeah, yeah, we can do something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We can continue this, this Q&A if you guys like. <laughs> this is something that, you know, the fans would like to do, you know, more often with us. We're more than, you know, I think uh, definitely can do it uh, via YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, message us in the uh, Yes, great idea. So all the fans whose questions didn't get answered, please, please send them to um, their Instagram and Facebook. Sorry, once again, we just want to thank you guys. Uh, thank you, C. Merced, Upstart. Uh, um, and uh, we hope that our fans tune into your future concerts that you have coming up as well, too. So uh, we'd like our fans to uh, to come out and support you guys and in, in those shows. And we'll definitely be there checking it out. And and um, all the best to you guys and, and, and your cause. And, and again, thank you for having us on board. And um, it's, it's, it's not every day that uh, we're approached by, you know, organizations outside of the home community to share our, you know, um, our culture and our music with. So we are very, very uh, humbled and happy to have had the opportunity. So again, thank you very much.